Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there, he is the zonked Will Curran of Endless Events. And that guy over there is the ill-informed Brand Kruger of event technology. Now, is that consulting. hyphenated? Is that is that a hyphenated it, adjective? It is a hyphenated. I yes, was not aware that we were allowing hyphenated adjectives because that well, opens up a whole new can of worms. Well, apparently, according to Random Adjective Generator, when I choose one adjective, it, it considers that hyphenated is part of uh, the adjective. So consider hyphenated words fair game. Okay. Play ball. All right. I, all right. That's going to, because now we've got all kinds of nouns that we can throw in. Okay. I think it's dangerous. <laughs> Very dangerous. Very dangerous. So what are we talking about today, Will? We kind of teased it on one of our other episodes uh, that uh, there might be some more hardware news coming from you. And uh, <laughs> we've, you know, we've, we've been doing this kind of journey uh, where we've talked about uh, the various types of hardware and laptops and phones and things like that. Um, and I hope that's been in- informative. We've gotten some good positive feedback on that. And uh, be sure and let us know. Um, because I, I, think, I think a lot of times planners are wondering, you know, what, you know, can I just get away with having an iPad? Can I, you know, uh, you know what are the advantages my to, workflow to look like? yeah what does you know what does a workflow look like when you're just using mac versus pc versus you know chromebooks and so in our ces episode you kind of uh we we talked a little bit about chromebooks again and how you know it might work for most people but for some of us when you have to deal with powerpoints and things like that it's just not getting the job done so uh what is getting the job done for you these days well yeah, so before we jump into what it was, okay. right. uh, which right. I think I think now it's in the title probably of this one, so you probably know <laughs> what it is. So, spoiler, um, but spoiler uh, qu- quick little recap of Will's history before we dive in, because as soon as we bring it up, it, there's going to be a lot of discussion around it. Is um, uh, Will was traditionally when he first grew up Windows user, then he got his first MacBook, then he was hardcore Mac all day long until eventually the Touch Bar ruined his life, and he decided he was going to go full kilter Windows. Um, at that time, the more recent history of my laptops is that um, I sold my MacBook Pro and picked up a Surface Pro 5 at the time. That's what year I think it was that it came out. It was the much better version that everyone loved. I think they just called it Surface Pro. They were trying to drop the numbers and then they realized that was really confusing. Um, (laughs) And I used that for a solid year or so until I started having these weird overheating issues. It wouldn't run Zoom. Um, I couldn't literally couldn't hold event icons sometimes. And I eventually just was like, okay, I think I've just, this is not what should be happening. I'm going to take it in the store. They basically offered to take it back in or offer me full credit a year later, which was insane. And I used that credit and picked up a Surface Book 2, um, which is the thicker um, version that has a weird kind of crazy hinge, um, but also has way more powerful specs, things like that. It's not the fabric keyboard. It's the one that's like almost like a traditional laptop that has a, that really wild uh, uh, um, hinge that you've seen before that can hold the whole screen. Um, and I'd been using the Surface Pro 2 now for a year and a half um, until this point. Um, and I loved that laptop. It was super powerful. The one thing that sucked about it is it was huge. Um, it barely fit inside my backpack um, because it is a beefy, thick 
15 inch laptop um, but I threw things at like Photoshop all day pretty much everything ran on it except for I tried editing 4k footage on it um, one uh, a little while ago and I realized that was not gonna work out but <laughs> um, uh, so I tried that for a while but you know um, basically had that laptop um, I obviously also built myself a desktop computer that is now my like main workhorse machine when I'm at home um, I built myself a second computer since then in two years um, so I have a big machine I can utilize that like if I really need something intense like Photoshop video editing I can technically do it on here um, very, very easily. Um, also, I think uh, important to know as well is what I'm usually doing on the computer. Um, I went from, you know, when I first, you know, probably in early college doing a lot of Photoshop work, graphic design work for our company, um, and then, you know, stuff like that. Now I pretty much spend most of my time answering emails in Gmail, using Chrome, Slack a lot, um, and doing a lot of Zoom video calls with people. Um, the occasional video podcast like we're doing on here right now and the occasional Event Icons episode when I'm on the road. Um, and, you know, I pretty much probably only open up Photoshop maybe an hour a year now, like really quick. <laughs> oh, so I need to open this PSD. I can change right. the font or I just need to make like a really rough logo. But most of the time it's because I have spare time and I want to do it. Um, you know, nothing intense at all. I don't use Photoshop. I don't video edit. Um, and uh, but I'm like probably the typical knowledge worker: Chrome, Slack, video calls, all day. And just I mean, so, I'll tack in and say that I I went Surface Pro X uh, last year. Uh, or Surface sorry, Pro. Sorry, Surface, Surface Pro. Pro Six. Surface Pro Six is what I have. Uh, Surface Pro Six, um, which is again that lighter weight tablet style with the kind of fabricy keyboard that folds around, and I really really like it. Really like it. I get really decent battery life uh, for a laptop. Um, and I've been really enjoying how light my backpack is when I travel these days, and I'm able to get everything done that I need to get done. I love it. And I loved my Surface Pro uh, 5 at the time, and it was fantastic. I loved how small it was. Minor gripes um, is like, for example, on the Surface Pro 5, is that, that because that has a kickstand element, if you're like laying in bed and want to watch mm -hmm. like a YouTube video, it doesn't quite sit straight. If you're using a laptop on your lap, it's a little bit better, but still kind of awkward. Um, you get a little bit of flex with the keyboard, um, things like that, you know, like, but my main gripe with the form factor is just like when I'm laying in bed trying to watch like a YouTube video. So I end up just like putting on the bed side me and like turning on my side to watch right. a YouTube video or something like that. Um, but, I've also had um, it like fall off the back of uh, airplane uh, trade. Yes, that was that was so, the other yeah, thing that, to get the tray and, table. And literally it like did a somersault and flew upside down and landed, you know, down, you know, at our feet. And I was, I really oh. thought I had lost it because it was like, boom, bam, flip, boom, bam, <laughs> down. And uh, it was fine. It's totally fine. I mean, that's one thing is I think they, they're they pretty well built devices um, too um, and pretty solid. But yeah, that was um, a very interesting thing about the form factor, which again, we're kind of teasing where mm -hmm. Will's going with this. So um, interestingly enough, I think we covered it on the news with all the Microsoft devices that got announced, the Duos and the Neos and everything like that. Neos and the Duos aren't out yet, so <laughs> let's hope that I can make it that long without having to change my laptop again. Um, but one device that was announced was a Surface Pro X. Mm -hmm. And initially when I first saw it, I just thought it was a gorgeous hardware piece of device super thin this all metal black design is so slick looking it's just like blacked out murdered out as they call it um it's just very beautiful device and the things we'll talk about that i like about it and then things i don't like about it but the interesting thing about it is that uh it uses a different architecture which we'll talk about very very soon but um i was always very interested in it, waited for the reviews and all the initial reviews that came out were from tech youtubers 
blasting it, talking about how it doesn't get the battery life it's looking for. That was like probably the initial thing that came out. But then very apparently people were realizing that they were running this type of apps on it that don't really utilize the battery life the best. Um, and for example, like Chrome destroys the battery life on this thing. Um, and, uh, you know, people hated on it. They said, you know, not worth it. It's got too much time to go pick up the second gen one. And I was like, okay, I'm not interested in that device anymore. I started looking for, you know, smaller traditional laptops, Dell XPS 13, that sort of thing. And was just kind of peeking out. And then also just realizing my Surface Book X is totally fine too. So it's just will kind of like always looking for the next thing, trying to make a laptop a little bit smaller. But then, uh, the trigger point that made me pick up and buy the Surface Pro X was Daniel Rubino's review on Windows Central. And Daniel basically, um, similar, like editor-in-chief, kind of like knowledge worker, writing a lot of articles, doing a lot of video calls, you know, things like that. Not doing, I doubt he's doing a lot of Photoshop and video editing, um, said he loves his laptop. It's his dri daily driver. He's getting the battery life they promised. And here's how you need to think about it now. And it's kind of a little bit of a mind sh shift in computers. Not too much. It's not a Chromebook where you have to figure out how to like really change your entire life and how it's going to run. But it uh, definitely forces you to think differently. So I, I, I read that review and I said, yeah, let me go check out one in person. I hadn't even seen one in person yet. I went down to the local Best Buy and literally took their it's like the base spec like the boring version it was like eight gigs of ram and like 120 gigs of space and i was like you know what my number one thing i that i, that I feared this wouldn't do is zoom calls so let's download zoom and thank god computers and stores let you download stuff by the way so i downloaded <laughs> the actual zoom installer i logged into my account and i video called myself i put my phone on one side and i put the other one i saw like you know was it sluggish i tried sharing my screen simultaneously while doing it and it ran totally smooth. And I don't think Zoom's even optimized for this computer, but it ran better than my Surface Pro 5 did. Granted, that had like heat sink issues and things like that that I didn't realize I had um, until later, but it ran perfectly fine. And I was like, okay, well, what will I do to it that will slow it down? And eventually I got to the point where I loaded up a PowerPoint with the 3D animated, like you can throw a, mo a model in it and shift it. And that was the only time it ever struggled. Even then, like, it just kind of took a second to do it. But I realized, I was like, I'm not loading in PowerPoints with 3D models in it. Like, I'm in PowerPoints with static slides. And most of the time, I don't do transitions. It's just slide, slide, slide. And I said to myself, all right, I'm going to buy it. And we'll see. Uh, you know, there's a 30-day return policy. Let's see how far I can get into doing this. Right. And now it's been two whole weeks of having it. Uh, I've done two trips on uh a full trip on it, I think. Yeah, full trip on it. Um, I it's done lots of coffee shop work. It's been at home. It's been doing the watching the YouTube in bed sort of stuff, like my daily workflow, normal stuff. And uh, I'm I'm ready to to give my review. Was that long winded intro? <laughs> well, thanks everybody. Uh, it's been a great, another great podcast. Um, yeah, no, I think it's great. You know, they give people plenty of background. I think the um, uh, I think where we could probably start is to talk about this change in architecture from a very top level. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, people don't need to get all of the nerdy details, but just understanding that part of the reason that you're seeing difference in battery life, uh, depending on what kind of program you're running or, you know, or just in general, um, or that there's any kind of restrictions on which programs you can use, has to do with this fact that they're using a different kind of chip. Yep, yep. 
Um, so it's uh, based on a Qualcomm mobile processor, the same kind you have in your phone, actually. So normal laptops are based on AMD or Intel-based processors and, you know, kind of the traditional computer processor. This uses a mobile processor, which um, big benefits, battery life, because obviously our phones can like last a lot longer than our laptops, hopefully. Um, but also things like 4G connectivity, which is really cool. But it means that um, essentially they run on a completely different architecture of software um, even though it runs full Windows, that's the one thing I think most people don't realize. Full Windows, it can run, um, but it runs on what's called ARM64 technology. And, the, and if you have ever had seen it before where you install a computer app and it says, you know, to download it, you can get the 32-bit version or the 64-bit version. 64-bit is like the modern-day architecture that runs on Intel and AMD processors. 32-bit is a little bit closer to what these kind of apps are doing. So there's a lot of apps that are compatible with it. But the apps that really utilize that mobile processor and don't destroy the battery life are called ARM64 versions of, of apps as well. Um, so, um, and you might be thinking to yourself, this is so complicated. Like, I don't even want to have to deal with this compatibility. Honestly, there's a, a really great article I'll link to on here um, that is about uh, basically what apps are compatible. And it helps you understand the compatibility of the two. And even I was confused. So I was like, ARM64, well, then can I install 64-bit? Can I install 32-bit? What's the difference? The one interesting thing I think to think about is it can technically run any, okay, not any app. It can run 99% <laughs> of apps. Um, the issues it has struggles with is drivers that aren't compatible with the hardware. So like some things like, for example, maybe your like headset might not work potentially. Um, and then some apps just don't quite work. But technically, for example, you can actually run Photoshop on this. What it does is it emulates it and kind of does this crazy magical computer stuff to make it run on it. The thing that you get sacrificed though is battery life. Um, so that's just something to kind of keep in mind is it can kind of do anything technically. Um, but you know, the question becomes there's definitely a use case that this is perfect for, which I've kind of already highlighted a, a bit so did I, did I explain that well at all yeah yeah i think that's exactly it that, that it, it, the, the average person doesn't need to know anything other than it is a slightly different thing it's a slightly different beast just like you can't run full real photoshop on an ipad uh you know you can't you can do that here it's just going to be really slow or really impact your battery life or something along those lines so mm -hmm. like you said it requires just a little bit of a shift in your uh in the way that you're thinking now we, we've talked about Chromebooks that you know if you're not doing video editing and you're not doing photo editing um, you're probably going to be fine with a Chromebook um, and we've talked about my own personal challenges with trying to do PowerPoints and things like that mm -hmm. in, a, in a Chromebook um, this is kind of taking that next step so if mm -hmm. you can't quite do what you need to in a Chromebook it sounds like you might be able to go this route to get you another like 10% of like these are the things that are we're able to do here Definitely, definitely. And and one important thing to know, too, is like these ARM 64 based processors, these like mobile based, it's not new. Laptops actually have been doing this for Windows for a while. But now that it's coming directly from Microsoft, you're seeing a lot of product support now for ARM 64 based stuff. So like PowerPoint, for example, runs like a breeze. All the Microsoft apps run so, so well. And I think that because it's going to hit a wider market, we're also going to see developers realize I need to develop mobile-based processors, uh, processing apps as well. So I think you'll see a lot of uh, improvements on there as well. Um, is it worth talking about apps that work and don't work on my workflow um, at this point? I would say if there's if there's showstoppers, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, so for example, in my entire workflow, I'm on, I'm planning on never using Photoshop on this thing. So that was already out of the gate. Like, don't worry about Photoshop at all. Um, so that was obviously something that doesn't work. However, Adobe has said they're working on an ARM64 version. When that does come, I bet you it's going to run buttery smooth. I think that's the one thing I think to keep in mind too is this computer is fast. 
And I didn't believe it until I started using it, but it is lightning fast with the right apps. Um, so ones I run into that I had showed like that were that I can't use. Um, one is called Text Expander. It's an app that allows me to type in short codes and get expanded text. However, I haven't had a chance yet to find an alternative. I'm sure there's an alternative out there. Um, the only app I had an issue with was my VPN, ExpressVPN. However, uh, the alternative is that OpenVPN, a software that allows you to use any VPN and basically have a little bit more customized. It's not as easy as just download the software, connect, it auto-picks the best server, things like that. I had to like do some a little bit of copy and pasting of information in, but there's a good tutorial on ExpressVPN. I had to start using that instead of the traditional ExpressVPN. And the only other thing is the app that manages my headset um, for calls um, doesn't install on at all on it. The Plantronics, like it's called the Plantronics Hub software, doesn't work with it. However, the headset works totally fine and uh, works uh, via Bluetooth, no problem, and USB, no problem at all. I um, haven't had any issues at all. It just means that I can't get some granular control. However, I think I could technically plug it into another computer, change the granular control, and then just plug it right back into the other computer and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's really interesting. Um, the big advancement for sure, though, is that you don't want to use traditional Chrome um, with this computer at all. Um, and I know we talked about Chromium and how it's our new, uh, uh, the Edge Chromium's like our new uh, favorite browser. Um, you definitely want to use Edge Chromium for this. In fact, I don't know um, which version it has, but I think it's only in the developer version and the Canary version, like the new beta kind of tested versions of Chromium, that it there's actually an ARM64 Edge Chromium and that thing runs so fast. It runs faster than normal Chrome. Um, <laughs> then, um, and that's the mind-blowing part of it. But I saw a lot of people giving bad reviews to it. They're like, yeah, I can only have, you know, maybe four tabs open doing like Gmail, and blah, blah, this and that. And yeah, Chrome, and Chrome just destroys the battery life. Well, Microsoft knew that that was going to happen because it's not an ARM64 software. So um, they came out with an ARM64 version of the browser. And man, it, it's so fast. And I think that browser came out after the laptop went on sale. So a lot of people didn't even have the chance to use an ARM64 based browser um, on there, which is why I got dogged on so much. But man, I have like 10 tabs open vi while video calling, sharing my screen, drawing on the screen. No problem at all. Like I'm blown away by how fast it is for the fact that it's running the same chip that's in my, my phone. It's just... And that's not another one of the things that we talked about in our, our other hardware episodes is that all of these Surface devices have really good pen recognition on them. And so you're able to, yeah, pop open a PDF of the show file and, you know, draw over the top of it and then send it to someone and, you know, annotate uh, PDFs and things like that super easily. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I would, I would imagine it's even better uh, on the X uh, than it is on my uh, Pro 6 uh, just because of that mobile speed. I'm a little surprised to hear about Express. VPN just because they're on everything and they have yeah. they have uh, you know an app for my phone which is Android and it's gonna be you know it's running off the Qualcomm uh, processor so it's probably just a thing that there's some little thing that's holding them back and I'm sure they'll get that banged out and make it go yeah and I mean as these come more common too I think that will become way more common that it does work but yeah I mean the important thing to know is like my workflow is pretty much unaffected I'm gonna find an alternative to text expander that will work and I'll be back to normal no problem at all. And, you know, yes, if I need to Photoshop something, I might not load it up on this machine and give it a try. But to be honest, if most people's computers probably can't run Photoshop anyways, like if you're right. like, if you're using a Dell, you don't even know the model laptop and yeah. it's not brand new from this year, you're probably not running Photoshop. You're probably not video editing anyways. And that's like the important thing to know about this device is like, that's, this is probably for you then. Um, and I think that's just really important to know is like, 
that was my big thing is the workflow and how I was going to use it. But one way you can test this too is if you have a critical piece of software that's not standard, go install it on the computer. So for example, if you have like a proprietary accounting software that your company built or maybe not accounting, but like, <laughs> you know, something like that, go give it a try, maybe install it on the computer, yeah. ins uninstall it or buy the laptop and... I don't know if I, I condemn this 100%, um, but I have seen some people who will buy a device and then try it out for 30 days and return it. You know, like, feel free to give that a try on there. We're not at all endorsing that at all. Um, but, you know, um, it, you will be really surprised. There is not many computer apps out there that people are using now that aren't compatible with this sort of thing. So, Well, I think, um, I think as long as you're straight up about it. So, I mean, I when I bought my Chromebook, uh, I brought it back and wound up getting a much more expensive, uh, you know, HP two-in-one laptop. And they were pretty cool with that because they actually sold a more expensive machine, of, you know, than that. So it's the kind of thing that, yeah, I think you can give it, if you're in the market for a new laptop, you know, why not give it a try? Especially if you're a road mm -hmm. warrior, you're traveling all the time, you want something thin and light and amazing. <sighs> um, so uh, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it has been really freeing to just have this, you know, super light laptop. It takes up hardly any space in my bag. Uh, you know, when I'm back at the tech table, it's not taking up, you know, all kinds of crazy room, you know, at the tech table, those kinds of things. And it runs, it runs just fine. Um, uh, you, you've definitely got me a little jealous uh, uh, of trying <laughs> to do this. Now, there's some other new features in addition to uh, that stuff. You know, I believe uh, there's a new pen and things like that. How's that working for you? Yeah, yeah. So maybe highlight some of the favorite things about it. So um, let's talk about the pen system. So let's not even talk about the pen itself. Obviously, the pen's fantastic. Um, and we'll talk about the actual pen in, in just a second. But the, the way it charges and stores the pen is the best design I've seen ever. Like in tradition with the Surface Pro 7 and like the Surface Book, you got the pen and it had this magnet on the side that was nice. But when you put it in your bag, it always came out and you Every always time. end up yep. – I always store the pen in like a separate pocket because that's what it was. And then because of that, I'd pull the laptop out and the pen wasn't always with me. So I used it way less because I was like, oh, it's in the bag. I don't really need this. Okay, I'll just use the pen, you know, blah, blah. This mechanism – and. Watch a video. If you haven't seen this device in person, you got to see it in video. But essentially, what happens is you have the keyboard, and I'm going to try to do this. We have video on, so let me open if I don't explain this via words well. But the keyboard <laughs> basically attaches to the bottom, just like a Surface Pro 7. But what happens is when you kind of unfold it, like when it's sitting up at the like normal angle you used to type, if you push down on it, it reveals this like secret pouch within the keyboard <laughs> where the pen goes, and it magnetically. I'm holding the laptop vertically. It magnetically holds the pen in there, but also wirelessly charges the pen. So you don't have any more batteries on this pen anymore. And it stores within there. And then when you fold the whole thing up, you don't even know there's a pen. Like literally it's super duper thin. And like, you don't even know there's a pen inside your keyboard and it keeps your pen with you all the time. It is one of the most brilliant designs I've ever seen inside of a computer. And honestly, like Microsoft should get an award for figuring this out because everyone's going to copy this. This is going to be the new way pens get stored inside of uh, two-in-ones, I think. So sure. I actually had, I had a keyboard case for like my iPad 2 that had this kind of thing. Uh, well, actually, it couldn't have been the 2 because it was one of the ones that had a pen. It was one of the first ones that had a pen because I think I had the Pro briefly. And as soon as Apple revved it to the next version, uh, I think it was a Logitech case. They stopped making it. So like they, wow. they, they had this and it was the same thing where it like, uh, you know, neatly tucked away the pencil. It didn't have the cool charging because, uh, you know, the, you had to like the lightning connector on the Apple pencil. Um, so yeah, this is really cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a little jealous. 
<laughs> I, I mean, it took a little bit of like, it was a risk because I wasn't sure if it was going to work right. too. So, you know, like you told me, you said, get it and then let me know what you think yeah. of it. Um, and that was, I think, a big part. It's it's definitely very, very cool hot stores in there for sure. Um, but Are yeah, like, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, are you using the LTE capabilities? Are you using? Yeah. Okay. So you got, yeah, you got a yep. plan for it. Yep. So I ended up uh, just paying 10 extra bucks a month for my Verizon account and I went and stopped by a Verizon store and b bought the SIM. There is eSIM ability in it. So you can technically just start connecting right away if you don't care about beyond Verizon. But I want Verizon's coverage. Um, and yeah, I paid 10 extra bucks. It uses the same existing data I have. Most of the time when I need LTE on it, I'm busting out a hotspot. So one of the coolest things, I might end up getting rid of my hotspot because that's because now the only reason I had my hotspot was A, the share. With, that's the only thing I'm thinking is sharing with other people. But you can technically actually turn this thing into a hotspot, which mm. is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. the fact that I don't have to, oh, there's no internet here or it sucks. Let me get my hotspot out, turn it on, wait a second for it to boot, connect. Right Now literally I can hop off of Wi-Fi and his Wi-Fi is not connected, it automatically connects to LTE, which is a positive and negative, and you can set it to do some cool settings, but very, very cool. I honestly haven't had a chance to utilize it 100% because I've been mainly in coffee shops and things like that, but um, I bet you there's been a couple times where I actually didn't realize I was on Wi-Fi and I was just, wasn't on Wi-Fi and I just had the connectivity to go. So if you're looking like, get online really fast, I don't have time to connect to Wi-Fi, like this 4G LTE connection is pretty freaking cool. Um, I'm hope I'm excited. I'm kind of sad because we're obviously seeing 5G come out. So probably in two years or so, Phoenix is a, a 5G spot. There is a node like right down the street from my house. I would have loved for this to have 5G, but I think the Surface Pro X2, as they're probably going to unfortunately call it, will probably have 5G in it, and that would be really exciting as well. But just having a built-in modem like saves you so much time. Uh, it's very very cool. So you said you got it was the base model, so that's the eight gigabyte, um, one hundred twenty-eight gigabyte. No, that was the one I tested in Best Buy. I actually oh, okay. picked up the like um, top spec, one step down. So instead of being the five hundred twelve gigabyte hard drive, I think I have the two fifty-six. If I remember right, um, but I got the sixteen gigs of RAM just because. Like I'm going from the most powerful Microsoft laptop to, you know, what could be considered the not actually probably not the least because a go is probably less powerful than this, but considered, you know, a little bit different. So I was worried about RAM, even though it ran Zoom fine, everything like that. But I did the 16 gigs of RAM and I think the price difference was just a little bit more. Um, and, you know, so definitely not the full bleeded out spec uh, version as well. Um, but that and while we're bringing up price, though, it's probably worth talking about price on this thing. Yeah. I think that's the part that's also getting a lot of hate. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, for compared what it is. Compared to an it, iPad, it, for sure. Yeah, compared to an iPad, compared to a Surface Pro 7, which is what a lot of people compare it to, um, you're paying a little bit for bleeding edge tech. You're paying for size. And that was the thing I ended up deciding to buy it versus a pro, going back to a Pro 7 was just that it's way thinner than a Pro 7. Um, you get a little bit more screen size, a little bit higher resolution screen, things like that. But you're paying a little bit of a premium on it. But to be honest, um, I, I think you and I talked about it. I think it's just because laptops are kind of like people are realizing that people are willing to pay a ton of money for a MacBook Pro, that they're willing to pay almost anything for a good laptop as well. Um, so I think, you know, to be honest, it's, it's not overpriced if you're coming from a MacBook. Let's yeah. just say those things. It adds up fast, though, because uh, you pay extra for the pen and the keyboard uh, kit. So yeah. uh, looking at the one that you got, so 16 gigabyte uh, memory, 256 gigabytes of uh, hard drive space, which I think that's comfortable now. I, I have trouble getting below that, um, mm -hmm. but using things like OneDrive or Selective Sync on Dropbox, uh, I'm comfortable with 256 at this point. Um, uh, then the the pen and keyboard bundle is an additional 270 bucks. So uh, as configured, you're looking at about 1700 bucks, a little little under 1800 bucks. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's spendy. Uh, I think yeah. yeah, you're paying for the size, you're paying for the lightweight, you're paying for the battery life. Um, the beautiful design. Know, and for if sure. you're in, if you're in the Microsoft ecosystem, uh, you know, then then you're in at that point. Um, you know, it, yes, you could absolutely get yourself uh, an iPad and be in iPad land. But an iPad is to a certain extent hamstrung again by the apps mm-hmm. that are available. Um, you know, this is basically full Windows. Uh, full it's a Windows. Full full Windows uh, laptop. Um, and that's the thing that I've really been liking about my Surface Pro 5 is that, you know, it's not in any way hindered, uh, you know, by the by the fact that, you know, uh, that it's re- it's real Windows. <laughs> you know, it's it's not, you know, it's not it's not some kind of fake version of Windows. Totally, totally. And and, and again, like the app compatibility thing, it's going to get better over time. So, I mean, like if it's one of those things where you really have this one app that might not work or you're really not the bleeding edge kind of person, maybe wait for the next generation. But I think that uh, I'm really worried that people for lack of a better term, like, like spat all over this laptop that I'm worried that Microsoft is also going to feel like, well, people didn't like this. It didn't sell as well. Um, but I, the interesting thing is I haven't seen any in, in person yet. Um, but I think it'll, it'll come as time goes on. Um, and I really hope that this product continues to improve because I feel like this might be the future of laptops is this ARM 64 based stuff because the battery life is Unbelievable. When you're using Chrome Edge, uh, Edge Chromium and you're not like, you know, if I'm not zooming, zooming's the only thing that really kind of hurts my battery life. But if I'm just in Chrome, just like emailing and Google docking and doing probably all the normal stuff, like, man, I get that like 10 hours all day battery life that they talk about all day long. Yeah, like I say, I don't think it is a fair comparison to 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 compare it to an iPad Pro because it's it's a real it's a real machine. I mean, and to be fair, also the 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 iPad Pro does get pretty spendy pretty quick. So I mean, if you mm-hmm. do the twelve inch display, that's a thousand bucks, and then you know you got to add in storage, and you know let's here let's just do this quick. Oh, funny. By the way, when you search for iPad Pro on Bing, the top result is the Surface Pro. Surface Pro X. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Good that's, job. That's Good job, Microsoft. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, nice, that makes sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. 12.9-inch uh, iPad Pro, space gray, 256 gigabytes of storage, uh, cellular, right? So let's add that. Mm-hmm. So we got to add that in. Uh, we're already up to 1300 bucks. Mm. Um, and so now you got to get a keyboard, right? Or you got to, so you got to get the nice, uh, you got to get the type cover, uh, and the Apple pencil. Uh, let's see if we can get, uh, let's see here. So let's see how we add that in. Apple pencil is a hundred bucks for show. Uh, so you're up to 1400 keyboards. I think what another hundred bucks. So you're up to, you're mm-hmm. up to 1500. You're, you're within 200 bucks and, wow. and you're hamstrung, uh, to iOS, uh, you know, so you're not going to be able to run full version of Chrome with all the mm-hmm. extensions and things like that, that you can get mm-hmm. on, on Chrome. Apple's slowly opening that up, but this is, you know, this is available today. So I think it's a little unfair, like I say, to, to, to ding it on price because you're, you for know, sure. for a thin, powerful laptop. Uh, you know, that gets all day battery life. Uh, that's too grand easy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was one thing I was kind of looking at too, is like, you know, I was looking at the XPS 13 was kind of my, uh, um, alternative. And interestingly enough, I bought this and it was like the next day Dell announced the new refresh version of the XPS 13. It's perfect. And I was like, um, did I make the wrong decision? But no, I don't feel like I've made the wrong decision. I think this is a device I want to support. And I, and I think it's been made clear in my past hardware purchases for all of our long time event tech podcast listeners. They know that, I'm willing to pay for a product to see it, uh, kind of like donate to see the future of it right. continue to come, um, evidenced by me buying a folding phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, great, great computer. I didn't even think about the pricing of the iPad, which is fantastic. And it's interesting, a lot of people are comparing it to the iPad. Um, well, but again, like, yeah. It's and hard Apple to, it's itself hard. is pitching the iPad Pro as like, you know, this can replace your computer. 
Mm -hmm. So, all right, if we're going to have that conversation, that's, that needs to be part of the conversation. So what do you think overall, big picture? I'm, you know, I'm a planner. I'm, I'm doing, you know, multiple site visits a year. I've got my couple big conferences or I'm going to a hundred little shows a year. Uh, what do you think? Am I going to be able to run my show off of this thing? Planners, I think you're 100% this is for you. This is like a great laptop because you're not opening Photoshop. You're not video editing. You probably aren't using any proprietary software to execute your day-to-day -day job stuff. You know, it opens up docs super fast. It's super thin. This is just fantastic, I think, for you. I think this is this is, this is is the way to go. If you feel like an iPad just hinders you and you feel the need to bust out on a laptop, but you like the idea of an iPad... This is for you. This is going to make your workflow so awesome. They have full windows in your pocket, has all day battery life, super thin and light. Um, you're going to love this thing. It's fantastic. I'll tell you one more sneaky trick that I've started to do uh, is uh, I, I actually have been leaving my, my Mac at home. I don't travel with it anymore. And mm. every now and then when I do need something uh, from from my Mac or something that's, you know, in a pages document or a keynote document, I'm actually just VPNing back home. Yeah, and you using know what? It. So it's, it's so fast these days, you know, it's, it's relatively easy to do. And I'm yeah, using like remote Google desktop, Remote yeah. uh, Desktop to uh, Chrome remote desktop to just go back to my Mac and bang it out, whatever it is, and, and then, you know, close it. <laughs> and what's funny is I saw so many people, because I was watching kind of the Surface Reddit, subreddit for Surface, and one person was like, look, I got Photoshop to work on the Surface Pro X. Everyone's like, what? No way. And they're like, wait, that doesn't count. You're remote desktoping in. But he's like, look, it's just as fast. And if I have a stable internet connection, it's totally fine. And most of the time, it's like you're not – if you're buying this sort of device too, you're not looking at like I'm going to spend three hours building out this beautiful design. You're like I just need to open it real quick, copy some data out, and then get on with it. And I think that's the future too. I'm, I don't remember if we've talked about it on the show, but I definitely think cloud computing is definitely going to be a, a few, huge future. And this is where this sort of device is going to be the future of cloud computing. It's certainly been part of our discussion around 5G. So when the 5G model of this comes out – um, uh, it's really got the potential to be a screamer to, you know, if you do need to go back to your, you know, home, you know, home base to check in on something or run something, uh, opening up this kind of thin client idea where, uh, you know, things are being streamed to you from a, from another machine that's doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah, absolutely. Very absolutely. cool. Very cool. All right. Any other thoughts on the service pro X before we wrap this puppy up? Um, well, my verdict is that I'm keeping it. Um, it <laughs> that's, my, uh, I, that's I really probably like it. the biggest, you know, that's the biggest recommendation right there, right? Is that yeah, you didn't send sure. it back. Yeah. And I really, I thought it was going to happen within the first week, which was, I was right in the middle of a very, very busy week when it decided to happen. But yeah, it was uh, definitely worth the purchase. Um, and really, really happy with it. Uh, again, it's not for everybody, but know what your workflow is. And that's where it's gonna be fantastic. I think one thing to keep in mind, this is just long term, like also thinking about, and I'm seeing a lot of great conversation around this on like the review sites, is that tech YouTubers who are out there reviewing devices too, a lot of times they're pushing this stuff to the very edge of things. They're using like things like Geekbench to see its maximum score count of cores and this and this and that. And I think that a lot of times look for those reviews that are people who use it day to day, not the person who's going to try to burn it to the ground in the first week and really compare it across a hundred different devices and things like that. Find the person who says, it does my workflow. It does it perfectly. Here's my gripe side dislike. Almost like this review in some ways, not to like toot my own horn. But, you know, I think one of the reasons why this device got such poor reception is because techie people were treating it as how does it compare to a MacBook Pro 16-inch that's the bleeding edge technology? How does it compare to, you know, this device? In reality, like... I wanted Daniel Reno's review to say I'm a person who utilized it for a month and a half 
and I love it. And here's how I use it. And here's the workflow you need to look at. And I think that's a, a, a something to keep in mind as you're looking at your hardware is look for those kind of reviews on top of the spec reviews. Don't just compare it on specs. Really good point. Don't just dive into those first look reviews when something first comes out. Most of the really good tech reporters will come back at it and say, you know, here's my 30 day review. Here's my even my three month review. Uh, they'll try and live with those devices for a while rather than do it, which is what I've, you know, tried to do a little bit here as well. Is I don't want to know what your first impressions are. I want to want you to know what you are a week in, two weeks in, uh, mm -hmm. a month in. Uh, so, so I guess it's worth checking in real quick before we go. How are things going with the fold uh, since we're oh, since yeah. we're talking hardware? Yeah, still, still, still digging it. Still doing the fold. Um, I uh, a crossover again with our other podcast episodes. I was at a hockey game with Dustin Wessling from the Event Brew crew, um, and my phone slipped out of my pocket and onto the floor where I spilled a bunch of Mountain Dew. Oh no! Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I got some Mountain Dew on the back of it, and then I think I made the button, the power button, a little mushy now um, because that. But it's running great. Still fantastic. I mean, nothing that wouldn't have happened to a normal phone, but still loving it. I still can't believe that now. What is it? Six months later now at this point. So what? No, not even four months later. I still get I haven't seen that. What the hell is that? Like, no, I haven't even seen another one of these in person yet. So um, it very, very cool. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, though. Um, and this honestly made me rethink my laptop purchase a ton, too, because this has replaced a lot of my uh, workflow on it. But still working fantastic. I'm excited for the uh, the unpacking event coming up in February where they're uh, going to announce definitely some sort of clamshell device. And my hope is they're going to announce the uh, the version 2 of this with a bigger front screen, um, much better camera, hopefully, um, <laughs> and just a couple other tweaks. But I still love this. And if, if they do not announce another one of the, the normal fold in this, form factor this will be my phone until someone else does so boom there you go all right well folks we hope you enjoyed this kind of hardware update uh, we enjoyed doing them because i think it is part of the greater discussion of event technology you know now that we're moving more and more things to the cloud when it comes to you know registration software and you know our mobile apps and all this kind of stuff i think it's important to slow down and talk about a little bit about the hardware that we're running these things on so i certainly appreciate it we've had some good comments from you out there please do let us know though if uh, hey you know what guys ease, ease up off the hardware a little bit or love it send it bring it more you know we want to find out more then please do let us know hashtag event tech podcast or send us an email at event tech podcast at helloendless.com i love it i love it well yeah thanks everybody for giving me a chance to uh let me know what uh what how, how you like my devices <laughs> how do you like will's devices <laughs> well i certainly appreciate it. like i say you buy the stuff so i don't have to and then i can uh, decide uh, down the way so hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully that works for you all as well uh we let will buy the expensive stuff and uh be be the bleeding edge and then we can kind of sit back and watch let's see how that goes before we decide <laughs> to jump all over it so thank you for being the guinea pig for us will Absolutely. And thank, uh, thanks to the audience for, for listening. And thanks for uh, always chatting with me because like, I think I had a couple conversations with you before I even decided to buy it. And I was just like, I think I'm ready for this thing. I'm ready to give it a try. <laughs> all right. Be sure and check everything out at eventtechpodcast.com. There you're going to see all the show notes, the links to all the resources that are there, the transcripts. Uh, we'll drop uh, some links uh, maybe to some of the stat, the the uh, uh, the tech specs and things like that on the uh, Surface Pro X so that uh, you can see for yourself some of the nerdier, geekier stuff that's involved. Uh, be sure and check that out again, eventtechpodcast.com. You're going to find all the links to all your favorite podcast apps, Spotify, Apple Pockets, uh, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, <laughs> your Apple Pockets, your your, your 
your googly casts, uh, all of those things are going to be there. And be sure and rate us and review us on of those various platforms because it does help folks find the show. Uh, if you are not going to give us five stars, please do let us know what we could be doing better with the show, what kind of topics you want us to cover. Uh, we've got some more interviews coming up with uh, event tech folks. Um, uh, really, I was just kind of going, I'm way behind on my podcast and I went back and listened <laughs> to our interview with uh, Ashley with Mixtros and I really enjoyed that conversation. So be sure and go back to hear another one of those kind of entrepreneurial stories, uh, kind of the, uh, I always like to hear the origin stories of the tech and then in addition to, you know, what does it do and all that kind of fun stuff. So go back. We're going to have a few more of those coming. Again, let us know if those are the kinds of things that you like or if you like these hardware reviews. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, Once again, if if you're not out there listening, uh, then this is just a phone call between Will and I. So uh, glad that you're joining us uh, each and every week on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.